There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look, then you will see On WCN-TV everyone and welcome to today's WCN TV program. This is Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. We are just a week away from election day here in the US and many have already voted in any number of ways, I guess. So I guess we'll see what happens uh, next week and in the weeks and months to come after that, it could be a bumpy ride. But we're going to jump right into things today because today we have two special guests on the program. First up is Brandon House from from Worldview Weekend. And in the second half of the show, our good friend Mark Sutherland will be joining us live from the UK. As we get in today's topics, all of you who are uh, joining us in the studio audience are welcome to ask questions and make comments. Uh, just uh, raise, just click on that little button uh, that looks like a hand, raise your hand and I'll bring you in as soon as I'm able to. And then you can interact with our guests here today and ask questions live and in real time. So first up, Brandon House. Many of you already are well familiar with the research and information he's brought you on his website and broadcast network, Worldview Weekend, as well as the many documentary films he's produced. So Brandon, welcome to WCN-TV and thanks for being here today. Great to be with you again, Rob, thank you. I know your latest documentary, Brainwashed America Part Two, uh, just came out this past uh, fall. And I think, um, We'd all love to hear a little bit more about that. Well, thank you. Yeah, part two, they can watch it for free. Uh, it's almost three hours long, part two is. You can watch it for free at wvwtv.com. And uh, I'm continuing on with uh, what is a multi-year study, many years, on the techniques for brainwashing, 12 systematic steps for brainwashing that I've come up with from several years of study, studying what was done to our POWs during the Korean War, as well as what was done to the people of China when the 1949 Communist Revolution occurred. This documentary, I'm particularly discussing uh, apathy and passivity, how apathy and passivity uh, captured the minds of the American POWs during the Korean War. And as a result, many of them uh, did not do anything to resist the communist brainwashing, which included literally teaching them in a systematic course or curriculum. Ironically, the curriculum was written from the communist school in New York known as the Jefferson School, a communist school, the curriculum written in New York, shipped overseas. And our guys, uh, not having the education level they needed to resist the communists, such as knowing our form of government, how our government works, knowing about the free market system, socialism versus the free market system. They didn't have any weapons by which to fight off the lies of the communists. But what we found is, we explained in part one, 5% of those were moved away as leaders. Immediately, they would determine whether you were a leader. If you were a leader, they moved you out of the way. 5% went off to reactionary camps. 15%, we found, actively contributed and worked with the communists, making statements, uh, writing columns, drawing anti-American cartoons. And You're pictures. talking about uh, American POWs in Korea, right? Correct. During the Korean okay. War. Yep. Yep. Okay. Voicing, voicing propaganda for, for broadcasts on radio to be used uh, to dissuade American troops from fighting, being used back at home to confuse the Americans. 15% actively participated. So 5% were moved away. 
to reactionary camps because they were leaders. 15% actively colluded. So that gives us 20%. What happened to the other 80%? The other 80%, the government study by Dr. William E. Mayer, the other 80%, that 80% did nothing. They did nothing. So as Dr. Mayer said, they lent their weight to that 15%. So that apathy and passivity was a real problem. And I correlate that with what I see in America today. Then I contrast that from the POWs of the Vietnam War. And I interviewed three POWs during the Vietnam War who were in the Hanoi Hilton and were brutally tortured, some of them for six years, almost eight years. Um, but I interviewed three of them personally. And apathy and passivity was your, one of your greatest enemies. So we learned from them not to be passive, not to be apathetic. That's how they survived. Yet we see Americans being very passive and apathetic, a percentage of Americans. Um, these guys, actually, the ones that were at the Hanoi Hilton, some of them, 11 of them, were moved to what was called Alcatraz. That was another prison system separate from the Hanoi Hilton. They had to move those 11 men away from the other uh, American POWs in the Vietnam War because they were being leaders. They were teaching the people to resist, to not comply, to not write propaganda. They were literally being tortured and, and they were making the communists torture them before they would give them fake information. But if they gave them the fake information before being tortured, they would have never believed it was real. So they made them torture them to get the fake information. Well, they were communicating with Morse code and knocking on the walls and communicating and keeping each other uh, you know, encouraged. And those 11 men had to be moved away from the Hanoi Hilton to what was called Alcatraz. That became the basis of the book and the movie by Jeremiah Denton when hell was in session. I interviewed one of those men that was moved from the Hanoi Hilton to Alcatraz with Jeremiah Denton. And uh, I interviewed him along with two others, again, to show these men had the courage of their convictions to resist, to be tortured, to not compromise, to not embarrass their families, let their families down, to not to violate their oath. And I contrast that with us in America today. These men knew how to resist the brainwashing. They had been trained well enough from the Korean War to the Vietnam War to know how to refute the brainwashing, the lies about America. And they were willing to be tortured not to aid the enemies in any way or to give up information that would risk lives. And then I simply asked a question, what are we doing in America? Are we complying? Are we going along with the communists? Are we resisting their brainwashing? Are we encouraging others to resist the brainwashing? Are we refuting their lies? Are we bulking each other up, telling each other, don't give up, don't give in? These men were being tortured beyond what you could imagine, and they didn't give in. We're not even being tortured yet. And many people are well, giving up. Sadly, many of our churches are given up and given in. Our pulpits have given up and given in. I'm afraid, Brandon, that, uh, you know, too many Americans don't realize they're actually being brainwashed. They don't realize that the government is not their friend, do they? Absolutely. And in fact, when the men came home from the POW camps of the Korean War, Rob, that's what they said. When they were told what was done to them was a systematic process by which they were being brainwashed, a common theme was, if we had only known, if we had only known. And that was why it, what was born was the military code of conduct. The military code of conduct was born out of what happened to our POWs in the Korean War, which is one reason why the men in the Vietnam War's POWs performed better. One was their education level. The other was their training. And one of them particularly, I asked him about, did the military code of conduct help you? He said, yes, because it was a guide that told us what was expected of us when we are prisoners of war. The guys in the Korean War didn't have that. It was because of the experience of the prisoners of the Korean War that the military code of conduct was even created. Hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's sad what has happened to our military um, in the last 10 years um, or more. Exactly. I had, uh, I had uh, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North on well, he's on regularly, but uh, a few a few episodes ago, um, he was talking about one of his uh, books and uh, where he interviewed 500 uh, veterans uh, of the military veterans. And um, all of those veterans 
he said, out of all of 500 that he interviewed, none would recommend any of their kids go into the military, which was very sad for him. So for the first time in, in his lifetime, um, because he comes from a military background, he wouldn't recommend kids going into the military now because they're brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We heard that same thing a year ago this fall from Lieutenant Colonel Cleve McClary. Any of you know who Cleve McClary is? He's been out there speaking. I heard him speak for the first time when I was like five or six years old. And um, he probably added more recruits to the military than just about any any American, according to the studies I've done on him and, and the conversations I've had with him and others. He was re- so many people went into the military after hearing this man speak. Again, I'm 53. I heard him speak for the first time when I was like five or six. And so he's been at it a long time. He told my family and I over dinner the same thing. He said, I have a hard time telling any young people today, go into the military. We don't go there to fight and win. We're prosecuting and persecuting those who actually save the lives of themselves or their buddies that are comrade, you know, their, their fellow soldiers who defend themselves. Um, what, how could I recommend this? So you talk about brainwashing and the military being brainwashed. We have a we have a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, as I revealed in this documentary, Brainwashed America Part Two at WVWTV.com. General Milley, he's either been brainwashed or he's a useful idiot that's being used. That's a historical term. I'm not calling him a name. That's a historical term by by Lenin. He's either been brainwashed or he's he's a willful, useful idiot because he's now on camera in my documentary saying, I wanna learn about white rage. I wanna teach critical race theory, which is Marxism to the troops. They're purging the military of patriotic people that don't wanna fall in line with such cultural Marxism as the LGBTQ community. He's calling reportedly you know, and telling the leaders of China, we'll tell you behind President Trump's back before he does anything. I mean, this guy, in my opinion, should be brought up on treason and, and the penalty should be whatever it is. But here he sits as the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff. An absolute, in my opinion, absolute traitor, traitor to his country, traitor to his uniform. The question is, is he, is he a willing participant with the enemy or has he been brainwashed? I have a friend of mine that just retired from military intelligence a year ago, had 600 agents and officers under his command. And he told me, how many of them were so excited about the Biden administration and what the Biden administration wanted to do and what was happening to the military and this social experiment and transformation. He said, guys, you have been trained to identify psychological operations. You have been trained to identify information warfare and you don't even recognize it. You maybe can recognize it and you do recognize it when you see it overseas or when you see it being done by another country onto our country, but you don't even recognize it when it's being done by your own government onto the American people and the military. He was yeah, stuck. These are the people we're entrusting our national intelligence and national security to. They were too brainwashed to recognize they were being brainwashed or had been brainwashed. It's incredible. Um, Brandon, do you think that uh, similar things are happening with uh, the FBI and uh, other three-letter agencies, or are they just simply corrupt? No, it is happening, and some of it is both corruption and brainwashing. Uh, at this very news desk uh, a few years ago, I had David Baldwin sitting, a retired FBI agent, who, who out of his portfolio sitting here pulled out a letter. I think it was dated 2013, maybe 2014, and it was a letter written by active FBI agents to incoming director James Comey. And they were asking James Comey as incoming FBI director to please fix the problem with the FBI, which included persecuting, denying for promotion and harassing politically conservative, values conservatives and Christians in the FBI. Going after them if they had a very, I wanna say a, a very, let's say generic Bible verse. Not that I consider any scripture generic, but it was a very generic Bible verse in that maybe like, this is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It it was a pretty, you know, straightforward Bible verse anyone could read and go, okay. Um, They were harassing people. Take those down out of your cubicle. You can't have that. But then they were promoting actively in the month of June, the LGBTQ agenda 
which by the very written documents of the FBI would fall under sexual harassment to be promoting that. And they were begging Comey to fix this culture that Robert Mueller had created in the FBI. Well, little did they know what a corrupt individual Robert or uh, James Comey would turn out to be as well, right? So I have FBI agents that have retired now. Uh, a year ago this month, I brought four of them to our studio and did a town hall meeting with a live audience. And one of them who I've had in the studio now a few times was Terry Turchie, the former assistant deputy director of the counterterrorism division of the FBI. He was one of the three men that knocked on the door of the Unabomber and took him into custody. Terry has written a book everyone should read called In Their Own Words, In Their Own Words, subtitled The Democratic Party's Push Toward a Communist America. And he lays out how the cultural Marxist, the weather underground type individuals have hijacked our government, the Department of Justice, how the Department of Justice then hijacked the FBI. And you'll notice much of the problem started when our FBI directors stopped coming from the ranks of the FBI, men that had come up in the ranks, right? I mean, Terry Turchie gets all the way to the seventh floor as a former assistant deputy director of the counterterrorism division of the FBI. He started out as a clerk, gets all the way up to the seventh floor. Many FBI directors work their way up. Well, then all of a sudden you got Bob Mueller. Where do you come from? DOJ. James Comey, where'd he come from? DOJ. So you're hiring FBI guys who don't, who weren't to be directors, who weren't FBI agents, who are political, who are coming out of the cultural Marxist DOJ, and then they've taken over and the independence of the FBI. So yes, brainwashing and corruption, but there are still a few in there, about 14 by the latest count, maybe 16, that are becoming whistleblowers, but he, I, I don't agree with Sean Hannity and a few others. Oh, the man on the street, he's a good agent. It's just a corruption at the top. I'm sorry. You can't have an agency this corrupt this long that you haven't forced out the good guys, forced them out, or forced them into silence so they can just finish out their last five or six years and get their pension. Um, are there still good guys in the FBI? Yes. But don't tell me all these young recruits you've hired since Bob Mueller are all wonderful young recruits. You're clearly hiring a certain kind of agent. Otherwise, you wouldn't be trying to force out, persecute, and deny promotions to the conservatives and Christians, which we know to be true by the FBI agents that have been there that wrote letters begging Comey to stop this. Well, it only got worse. So I don't buy it that, oh, the average FBI agent at the street is a good guy. I don't buy it for one minute. If they were, they wouldn't be knocking down people's doors and raiding them the way they are for nonviolent crimes. They would do exactly what the older retired guys told us. They, If they were there then, if they were there now, they would say, I'm not going to do that. You'll have to find someone else to do that. I'm not knocking down someone's door for a nonviolent crime. You call their attorney, like we always used to do, and ask them to turn themselves in on an appointed day. But we don't come out with a SWAT team. And when I asked them in the documentary, why are we doing this? They said, for one reason, intimidation. So the FBI has become a political organization. It used to be apolitical. Now it's become political and the jackbooted thugs for the Marxist Democrats. Well, it's also, a, you know, it's a uh, photo op. And uh, I think it's also meant to have a chilling effect against uh, the rest of uh, uh, God-fearing Christian Americans so that they don't speak out. But uh, we're talking with Brandon House from World Be Weekend and his, his uh, latest documentary, Brainwashed America Part Two. I don't think we can really uh, talk about brainwashing, Brandon, without getting into the topic of public schools and colleges and I'm hoping you can speak to that because that that really gets me. Yeah. Well, as I've been speaking for many years, as you know, Rob, on cultural Marxism, I did my first uh, Worldview Weekend uh, with the topic of cultural Marxism in the Frankfurt School in November of 1997. November 1997, a whole hour on the cultural Marxism of the Frankfurt School. And I remember people there, it was Minneapolis-St. Paul, Crystal Evangelical Free Church, we had probably 15 to 1,800 people in attendance. And some were like, why did we just hear a presentation on cultural Marxism? I mean, the Berlin Wall fell just a few years ago. What's the deal? Well, now, today, everybody wants to lead the parade and be the expert on cultural Marxism, right? 
And most of the pro-family leaders that I gave my books to and tried to say, hey, you need to know about cultural Marxism. They didn't want to talk about it. Now they want to be seen as the leader so they can pillage the pockets of uh, the grassroots to fill their pockets up with money because they're so bad and great and wonderful and courageous when it comes to uh, fighting cultural Marxism. No, they're not. No, they're not. Uh, most of your largest pro-family groups didn't want to talk about cultural Marxism in the 90s uh, when I was writing about it, speaking about it, writing my book, Grave Influence. They didn't want to talk about it. So be aware of everybody wanting to lead the parade who used to not even want the parade to be organized. Now it's become a fundraising campaign for most of these groups. And they won't touch these issues, many of them, um, beyond when it becomes politically expedient. I can tell you of pro-family groups that would not let me speak against the public schools. Now some of them want to be the leaders of the homeschool movement. Are you kidding me? But I was mm -hmm. specifically told by one national pro-family radio network, um, you cannot say anything negative about the public schools. We have too many public school teachers. And whenever you yep. did talk about it, you had to say it in a way that was so benign. Now that pro-family group with a radio network wants to really be the movement for the homeschool movement. They're, this is the typical. They put their finger in the wind and they, don't, they check out what's going to impact nickels and noses. And then when it's politically expedient, expedient and comfortable and acceptable, then they want to lead the way. This is why we keep losing, because we need leaders that will say, I don't care if this impacts my donations, my bottom line or my following. This is the truth. Here's the documentation. Now, let's be ready. Let's be equipped. By the time you wait for the church and conservatives to come along and be comfortable, it's already swept over them like a tsunami. That's why people that get out in front of these things and write about them are often like, oh, he's radical. He's extreme. He's a conspiracy theorist. My second book in 1995, I warned about social credit scores in great detail. I warned about a vaccine tracking program. You can see the screenshots of my 1995 book in this part two, Brainwashed America. I warned about a tracking program for vaccines. I warned about people losing their children for not giving them so-called government-mandated vaccines, so-called vaccines. I warned that you could lose your job if you don't go through a brainwashing program and have your professional license renewed. Uh, and that means whether you're a plumber, electrician, uh, work with Freon for air conditioning. If you don't go through this program, you won't get your license renewed to practice that trade or that profession. I predicted America would move to corporate fascism, big government, big business merging. Many of the things I predicted, people mocked. They mocked it as conspiracy. And most of well, all- Well, Brandon, you're a, you're a right-wing conspiracy theorist. Um, right. you know. Right. That's <laughs> what they say. You know, and um, so were all of us uh, two years ago when we warned what was happening with COVID. We could clearly see that it was all a scam um, and that the, the jab was a clot shot. And um, that was all conspiracy until now we have millions of people dead. Right. You know, so I had people but, telling me, don't interview Dr. Judy Mikovich. She's crazy. Don't interview yeah. Dr. Judy Mikovich. Now, these are the Christians telling me this. Right. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then some conservatives who don't consider themselves religious. But what I'm trying to say is and I'm not picking on Christians because there's many Christians that were glad I was interviewing these people saying these things, writing these things. But we have a problem. And the problem I'm trying to get to is the apathy and the passivity in the Christian community the passivity and the apathy in the Christian community. And oftentimes our greatest adversaries are people in the so-called church, okay? Uh, and Dr. Judy was saying two years ago on my radio shows that these shots are gonna cause people's immune system to attack itself. And now I read a report this week about a well-known doctor saying the people's immune systems are attacking their bodies and this is why they're dying. But we, we've got a problem again because we have too many Christians attacking the Christian leaders that are trying to warn them of the danger and protect them. And the people that are warning, doing the warning are being attacked by the people they're trying to protect. And this happens again and again. I remember when I started, um, I bought freeze-dried food for my family in 2013. And I didn't mention it on the air till 2016. When I did, I got flooded with people saying, what'd you buy? Where'd you buy it? Where do we get it? So I said, okay, well, if people want it, we'll become a distributor and we'll use it to fund our network. So I did. I started being mocked on social media by the executive director of a Bible ministry out of California, mocking me on social media. Yep. That well, that's... That was 2016. Is anyone yep. 
doubting that we we have a problem with our food supply, our just-in-time inventory, that we're vulnerable. But the executive director of a nationally known Bible ministry was mocking me on social media, and I still have it in my file, for offering that to my audience. See, again, most of the people, so-called Christian celebrities leading the church, we're in big trouble, folks. We are in big trouble. Absolutely. Anyone in the audience have a question for Brandon? We have about four minutes left before he has to go. Um, this is your chance. Okay. Oh, there we go. Deanne has a question. Not really a question, but um, more of a comment. I absolutely agree with what's going on in our armed forces. My husband went up to a local veterans um, facility last week. The brainwashing up there is absolutely horrendous. We had cops literally following us from one of his appointments to the next. I'm an asthmatic. I cannot wear a mask. They were forcing masks. They were demanding. They gave me absolutely no leeway for my asthma, even though I was coughing and hacking and couldn't breathe. They told me, tough, that, that's your problem. Put your mask on and shut up. Um, we walked out. We were waiting to go into one of his appointments for the sixth time sixth time they came up and they harassed us um because we weren't wearing our masks um three times while my husband was in getting an mri done they harassed me alone and threatened to throw me out of that clinic and you watch people just galore not questioning this just walking around with their little masks on doing exactly as the va says and if you question it like i said they followed us all over that place it was absolutely horrible and you know what's interesting Several years ago, probably 10 plus years ago, 10 plus years ago, I began to warn on my radio show and TV show, be very careful of uh, worshiping someone, listen to what I'm saying now, simply because they wear a uniform. Be very careful about idol worship of someone simply because they wear a uniform. I don't care if it's a police officer, a sheriff, or military. If they are worthy of honor and they have obeyed their oath, then you honor them. You appreciate them. You honor them. You treat them with respect and dignity and appreciation for fulfilling their oath. But I said, if we just respect people as we're being conditioned to do because they wear a uniform, that's dangerous. We need to be about the ideals and the philosophies and the ideas, not about a uniform. Because I said, the day could come when our police turn corrupt. Have you trained a whole generation that you obey just because they have a uniform? How about if your military turns corrupt? Do you obey just because they're wearing a uniform? And we know that 10, 10 pot dictators wear a, a chest full of medals. You know, Yasser Arafat and all these other guys that did this, Gaddafi, Gaddafi particularly. So well, the point I was making is be very careful to not be brainwashed into unreserved devotion to someone because they're a police officer, our sheriff deputy, our military, because when they push the good police officer out, when they push the good sheriff deputy out, when they push the good military guys out and they're replaced, you may find that you're like in Germany, where all of a sudden you're dealing with brown shirts and so-called policing authorities who are trying to round you up and throw you in an oven. So are you going to obey them and follow them right over to the cattle cars and get in? And yet that's what you're explaining here again people that are violating their oath. And sadly, I guess the Supreme Court's ruled this week, the government can force the mask onto people on trains and airlines. And this is very, very sad. I mean, this is one of the things I appreciate about uh, uh, John Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute. He's been warning for a long time about a police state. And a lot of people didn't want to listen when he was writing about this 20 plus years ago because it seemed extreme, because it, it we would look at it through the context of 20 years ago, that day, where, what, what, what was he talking about? He saw what the trends were. And what they want to do is force the good police officers out. They want to make it so they harass them to leave. So they hire substandard. They hire, they lower the standards, people with drug convictions and body tattoos everywhere and all this kind of stuff. And they lower the standards. And I know this because of the police officers and sheriff deputies that tell me. They lower the standard until they end up with a caliber of recruit that is going to end up doing dumb things. And this time they've got it on video with the body cams. Then as soon as they do something dumb, which is inevitable, because you're not paying these people enough, you know, economics 101, you pay them top dollar, you're going to get the best recruits, right?
but they're going to end up doing things they shouldn't do. You're going to get it on camera. Then you can use that for your propaganda to say, look how corrupt and bad the police are. Well, maybe that's because you lowered the standard and hired people you shouldn't have been hiring. But now they're going to take the manufactured crisis and guess what they're going to say? We need to federalize the police. We need to federalize the police. And that's exactly what they're working on. Oh, so yeah, that's that's coming faster than you than you realize. Uh, Be Betty has a, has a question for us. Well, I actually have a comment. Too. Or a comment. Okay. All right. That's good. <laughs> and I appreciate you, Mr. House, but you nailed it. I did 28 years in the military. And I'll tell you what, the last 20 years was just changing to diversity, accepting homosexuals, accepting this. Kind of started with the Bushes and the Clintons and all that. And I'll tell you what, I would just be griping all the time because I thought it was wrong, you know. So eventually Obama kicked me out. He said... You got to have a 29 waist. Well, the only time I had a 29th waist was when I was in sixth grade, because when I went to seventh, they went to 31. So I wouldn't be able to join the military anyway. You <laughs> know, but they changed the laws. And then to, I'd bring my Bible in. So I had to hide my Bible and I'd pull it out and they'd hide it. And But it was okay to have a Quran. I thought, yes. Oh, I, I was fit to be tied. I said, kick me out. I don't care. I leave my Bible right there. You know, I just, so thank you for what you do. Thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Um, I just talked to someone who I've known for several years who was at one of the three letter eight national intelligence agencies. And I've known this individual, as I said, for, for a long, long, long time. And they came to our uh, national conference and Mike Lindell and I were talking on the platform about voting machines. And I said, you know, I'm not convinced that a lot of these voting machines are not being rigged by the deep state national intelligence, whether we're talking CIA or any of these other agencies. I'm not convinced that a lot of these groups are involved in carrying out a color revolution overseas. They practiced it overseas. Now they're doing it here in America. And we don't have time to go into what a color revolution is. But I said, I believe that's what's happening. This individual I've known for years who was in a certain national intelligence three-letter agency came up to me, has retired has retired and couldn't count down the days fast enough to get out, said, I can't say much more than what I'm going to say because I could be in trouble because of my job, what I did and what I was, what I agreed that I would never talk about. But I just want you to know when you talk about a color revolution overseas and now one being carried out here in these machines and who could be doing it, all I can do is sit there and laugh and not laugh because you're wrong, but laugh because you are so over the target. You don't even realize how over the target you are. So there are good people like yourself that have retired from the military, from intelligence services that are sitting here saying they can mock Mike Lindell and everybody else as much as they want. These guys are so over the target, you can't believe it, which is why they're taking the flack they're taking because they're over the target. Brandon, do you have time for uh, just one more question? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm wondering what your take is on what you think is going to happen a week from today. Well, um, I don't know because we're using the same equipment. We're using the same equipment and we have a lot more people watching this time, but we'll just have to see how bold they are. We know that Barsonaro, I interviewed his son, Eduardo Barsonaro, 10 days ago. I've, I've been with him a couple times in person, had him with me at the news desk in Orlando, Florida last February. And I interviewed him 10 days ago to ask him about, you know, the election coming up, which was yesterday or two days ago, the 30th, the 30th. And um, they have his dad losing by a very small, small percentage. Now, his father's not spoken as of this moment, and he's not conceded. And in fact, the spokesperson says they have a lot of proof of fraud. Will they go out with that fraud? Will they arrest people? We'll see. Some of the people in the trucking industry in Brazil are blocking interstates and highways and are, are upset because they don't want to go to this guy who'd got, been thrown in jail, their former president, who's aligned with the communists, who's, by the way, shaking hands with the former president of Iran, Adamajad. Um, they don't want to go that route. So we're going to see what happens. But that is a perfect example. Even all these people watching and the, how, how much did Barcelona supposedly lose by? Just a little bit. So is that what this is going to be a week from today? Oh, the conservative so-called candidate lost by just a little bit, or where they let a few seats here, a few seats there. The issue will come down largely, I think, to the turnout on election day. Did enough people turn out on election day, or was there too much pre-election voting, too much early voting? Because when you early vote, they can see what's happening and backfill in with their fake ballots. But if they show up on the same day, election day, and vote, they can't steal it, even though they tried to steal it from Kerry Lake 
who I interviewed uh, uh, over a year ago when she walked into my booth at CPAC, just herself and an aide and said during a commercial break, hi, I'm Carrie Lake. I'm running for governor of Arizona. Would you like to interview me? I said, absolutely. <laughs> and of course, a year later, she comes to my booth this summer. And now it's not just her and an aide. It's her security and a ton of media and staff in tow. And I said, wow, what a difference a year makes. And literally moments before I interviewed her, I watched her get a phone call and they finally confirmed she had won. Why did it take four or five days? Because they were trying to find enough ballots to backfill in with the massive turnout on Election Day. And I believe the Kerry Lake model of everybody turning out on Election Day, that's the model we need to have a week from today. I think that's why she won. So to answer your question, Rob, it all depends on how many actually waited to vote till Election Day. Yep, uh, that's that's what I do. I do it on the on the actual day. I go there in person and get my little sticker and <laughs> fill in my little dots. So, but you know, you can do that. But then it's a matter of uh, say say the good guys, supposedly good guys, get in. Are they going to do anything? Are they going to just continue on with this uh, dog and pony show that they've been running for who knows how long? Well, some of that, Rob, as you know, will depend on. The good ones, the real conservative ones, will they keep their nose clean? Yeah. Or will they be compromised within a matter of a couple of days or a few weeks? And we know the various ways they can compromise you, right? Yep, absolutely. So a lot of good pe people go there with good intentions and good, good, good platforms, and they start out good, and then all of a sudden something happens, and that's when you have to wonder, uh-oh, did someone have a honeypot set for them? Were they offered money? Was a family member threatened? Were they blackmailed? Were they bullied? What's going on here? Were they promised something? So there's a, takes a very strong person to go to Washington today. In fact, yeah. I, I know a congressperson or someone's going to run and a, an elected official of Congress said to his, this individual, do not come here. Do not run. Do not come here. You cannot believe the culture and the climate here. You do not want to come here. It's so corrupt. And this was a member of Congress telling someone else, do not come here. Well, of course, if we all have that mentality, then we're handing it over to the enemy, right? But we have to have people of great courage and conviction and the courage of their convictions to not compromise. And we have to pray for our elected officials. So we've got a very interesting week coming up a week from today, don't we, Rob? Yes, we do. And then going forward, um, it's it's the same thing as, as uh, 2020. No matter who wins, there's going to be, you know, disaster on the horizon isn't there when they're when they're orchestrating that disaster at an international level right i mean they're absolutely trying to, trying to push us into world war three um they're trying to engage is uh, israel uh ukraine putting pressure on the u.s to put pressure on israel to get involved and help ukraine um you've got iran uh doing what they're doing but now iran is supposedly threatening some of the uh, uh oil in saudi arabia iran and saudi arabia uh or you could have some conflict there. The U.S. is now supposedly with Saudi Arabia on high alert, concerned about an attack from Iran. Of course, who's funding Iran? We are to the tune of billions of dollars. Um, we've got Russia that is uh, doing what they're doing, but in some cases they're being egged on. I'm not going to defend Putin for one minute, but we should have said, hey, uh, we have no intentions of bringing Ukraine into NATO and bringing NATO missiles and systems into Ukraine that close to you. This whole thing has been so highly orchestrated now we have the Secretary of State Blinken saying that China might go after Taiwan sooner than we think. Um, well, are they going to do anything about it? Can we, could we do anything about it? We're so weak now, I don't know that we could fight one war, much less a two-theater war. And uh, I think if we go much back- Much less defend our own shores. Exactly. So I think know. we got us where they want us. And then you add in the digital dollar- you add in massive superinflation. You got 300% inflation back in Venezuela. Uh, I mean, we have so many things that are converging at one time. Never in the history of America have we had so many threats converging at one time. And the reality is almost every one of them is manufactured from the just-in-time inventory to the food supply to the only now 20, 18 days of diesel fuel. I got a text from a listener today that they were in Danville, Kentucky at the BP. There was no diesel and they didn't know when they would get it. So we have had, they have carried out so many manufactured crises now and they're all converging at one time. And then we're moving now from superinflation. In certain areas, we're already starting to move toward close hyperinflation. 
Again, sounds like crazy talk, but no one's going to think it's crazy when it really happens. And all of this is used to get people to go where they otherwise would never go, which is to surrender more liberties and freedoms in return for the government taking care of them. Well, you know, uh, Ukraine is is the uh, money laundering capital of the world. They're 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 up to their eyeballs in corruption. Even Wikipedia calls them the third most corrupt country in the world. So, um, and the Bidens and the Clintons and the the Obamas—they're all tied into that. Um, we're sending billions of dollars over there, and it isn't all going to the war effort. I can guarantee you that. I interviewed Rudy Giuliani extensively on this a couple of weeks ago, and he turned all this over to the FBI, and the FBI didn't want any of it. They didn't want yeah. any of it. Massive, right. massive money laundering. They are draining our treasury, and uh, most of these people, by the way, the central banks, they're not holding dollars. They're converting to gold. They're converting to hard assets. You know, BlackRock is buying up hard assets, real estate, rental properties. Why are all these people running into hard assets? Because they know what's coming to the American dollar. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you got the Bank for International Settlements, which is the central bank of central bankers, just ran a huge, huge um, exercise to uh, with with several Asian countries and other countries to make transactions in real time, totaling millions of dollars to prove that central bank digital currency could work in real time. They just did that. That was just in the news today. So they're moving quickly to a digital currency. And you think they have control of us now by shutting us off YouTube or Facebook. Uh, wait till they control our digital dollars. And now it's come out, of course, that the FBI, ex former supposedly former FBI, former CIA, was being hired by Facebook to censor people. My question is, were they really former or was Facebook really a creation of the central government? That's what I want to know. Yeah, it was absolutely created by the, by, by the CIA. That was a, uh, a psychological operation from the start. Um, and um, it's easy for me to see now, but even I thought it was just a fun little platform for uh interacting with friends in the beginning but it didn't take me long to figure out what what was happening <laughs> we were giving them everything and then we were I mean, we handed over all our personal information and right. we even you know they used to have these little games on facebook where you would uh you know take a quiz and find out what if you were an animal what kind of animal would you be or uh what is your perfect career you're, you're basically doing a psychological profile a personal profile on yourself and giving that information to them. So they've got it all. They've got our pictures. They, they surveil us 24 hours a day. Um, and, and we gave it to them. And people are still doing it. They are, they are still doing it. People are still using Google. They're still using Gmail. Um, it, it's amazing. So, But that's another topic. That is another topic. Great we were talking about... Um, the uh the latest movie yeah brainwashed, was, uh, america part brainwashed two. america part two what what do you have in brainwashed america part one part one is actually just a two-hour introduction i get i start getting into the 12 systematic steps for brainwashing in part two part one is just was is an introduction to give the two-hour introduction of what is brainwashing where did the term come from and how did the uh uh change agents get into place to be able to carry out a brainwashing operation. So the part one, which they can watch at brainwashedamerica.com, brainwashedamerica.com, and then part two is at wvwtv.com. Yeah, part one is just the uh, two-hour introduction. And I show I show how um, COVID, COVID was a big psychological operation to scare people, which is really what the Tavistock Institute from the 1940s was all about, which was, information, contradictory information, information, contradictory information, scaring the living daylights out of people, fear and anxiety, moments of calm combined with more fear and anxiety until no one knew what to do because they were getting conflicting information. They didn't know what to believe. They didn't know who to believe. And so they would throw up their arms and go with the herd. This was called social turbulence. And studying the, uh, POW, the POWs of any given war, they saw that a man who was put through great trauma could be more 
open to suggestion. So they thought, well, what if we put this kind of social chaos or social turbulence onto the people in a culture? Will they then be open to suggestions they otherwise would not be open to? Well, isn't that what's happened? We, well, we yeah. The yeah. threat of COVID and dying, even though the death rate was, you know, not that high at all, except for people who had comorbidities. But through the fear, the fear and the anxiety, they got people to mask up, get shots, shut down their business, not go to church, and then bully everybody else that didn't want to comply. And again, there was a lot of Christians, self-described, bullying a lot of other Christians for not masking up, getting a shot and going along with this. Um, so look how they use fear to get us to do that. That's the that's the, the Tavistock Institute. So I, I use part one to show how fear and anxiety is used to get people to surrender and then be open to being brainwashed, to believing things that are just not true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so you can find all of this information at um, brainwashedamerica.com, you said? Yeah, the first okay. part one is at brainwashedamerica.com, uh, brainwashedamerica.com. And then part two is at wvwtv.com, wvwtv.com. And you guys are noticing they're changing the backdrop here on me as we're on live because we're about to go live with Mike and his show. So yep. that's, why, that's why the backdrop's changing over my corner. Okay. Well, we will let you go. I appreciate your time, Brandon. And it's always good to see you. Always great to be with you, Rob and Betty and all the rest of you listening. Thank you so much. Yep. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Rob. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Say hi to Mike for me. I will do that. Thank you, Rob. Okay, okay uh, let's go to a commercial break and uh, we'll make some decisions right after that. You don't know. Can you hear me, Rob? Yep. What I was going to ask, and I, I, I ran out of time. When those towers come of, down on 9-11. Made me realize that it was ultimately up to me well, to provide Harry, for and protect my family. Yeah. Let's talk about it after the break. Properly, okay. I would have to get out of the city and on the land and learn to live off of it. It would take more than a decade to make that move. It would take another decade to establish a working produce farm. You all know what happened right about then. COVID. Empty store shelves. Supply chain shortages that we're still grappling with. High food prices, high everything, really. My timing was good. I knew that even if the trucks weren't hauling produce from California, my family would still eat. Now, after COVID, I bet a lot of you are right where I was at 20 years ago. You know that it's time to lay down some plans for who knows what is coming next. None of us know what that might be or when it might come. Instead of just sitting there being afraid all the time, I know you're looking for a way to provide for and protect your family. Chances are, though, you aren't ready to make the big move to land. That doesn't mean that the land can't come to you. Here at Dynamite Harvest, we grow everything from the basics to crazy stuff that many wouldn't dare try in the cold of the upper Midwest. We grow enough to provide for our own families, and the good news for you is that in 2023, we'll be growing enough for your family, too. I know that the fall of 2022 seems a little early to be thinking about such things, but if you're like me, you've been thinking about them since 2002. The bottom line is that although we're going to be growing a lot of food, it isn't an infinite amount. If you want a share of next year's harvest, you best get in as soon as you can. That's why we are already selling CSA shares for 2023. What is a CSA, you may be asking? Think of it as a guaranteed amount of produce for your family. Buy as many shares as you think you'll need. So you want to farm. But for whatever reason, you just can't right now. You want the comfort of knowing the supply chain isn't going to leave your family hungry, but you're not yet able to get out there and grow your food yourself. You join our CSA, and we've got you covered. We don't want to just sell you food. We want to take our farm to your table. In other words, if you hook up with Dynamite Harvest, you'll have all the benefits of having a farm without all the work. You can think of our farm as your farm. With all the craziness of the world out there, you've got a lot to worry about. We consider it an honor to ease your mind about one of the biggies, food for your family. Visit DynamiteHarvest.com for more information on our CSA and our operations in general. We look forward to hearing from you soon. And you're back.
And for those of you who were um, with us a few weeks ago, we did have Anthony Horvath uh, on the program as a guest for the entire hour. And um, he spoke on uh, his program, his project there, Dynamite Harvest. I, I think it's a great idea. Um, have a farm without doing the farm work. Um, I'd love to have my leaves raked, but I really don't want to rake them again. So this is a, you know, have a farm, but you don't have to fight off the deer. Let, let, let Tony do it. Dynamiteharvest.com. So it looks like um, Mark is not going to make it from the UK today. I think he might have gone to bed. Um, he warned me he had a long day. He was sleepy. And he had an interview right before our program. So uh, looks like he's not going to make it. But um, in the remaining minutes, uh, I think Harry had a, a question or a comment. So Harry, now's your chance. I missed one thing that Brandon said. What was it that he purchased that would support his his network? Whatever it was, I missed. Oh, um, storable food. And there are a lot of places you can get storable food. We have, you know, you can get storable food that um, dehydrated food in packages that you know, will last for 25 years, uh, 30 years. Uh, well, a lot of that, that uh, church leaders, Christian leaders would come down on him or something like that. That's, you know, that didn't make sense. Well, it does if you know the church leadership. <laughs> you know, they, they, they know yeah, they, they would, they would call you a, a, con, a conspiracy theorist for, for doing something like that. Um, but I, I recommend people check into it while you still can. There are a lot of good companies out there that, that make good storable food, but you need to really pay attention to what you're buying. Um, a lot of places will, will say 30 day supply of food for whatever, 59 bucks. Well, if you look at the calorie content, um, it might be a 30 day supply of food for you know, a two-year-old, um, it's not going to feed a family for, for 30 days. So, uh, pay attention to what you're buying. If you go to healthmasters.com, um, they have, uh, some of the best, uh, food buckets I think that you can find. They are on the pricey side, but they do last. And, um, what I like about their products is you can actually eat them and, and it's not like eating cardboard. So, um there you go so what do they have there uh doesn't have a price that i can see offhand so but it is uh it is some of the best products at uh, healthmasters.com so ted and austin brawler anyone else have any we questions have, or comments or have been to several of them. yeah and you know, we you know we settled on a different one, but you know you're right. The you know, storable food is a good way to go, at least for what may be short-term emergency, but in the, you know because this meat thing, no matter how much you have, it may not be enough anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's wise to prepare. That's what uh, I mean. There's plenty of uh, lessons in the Bible um, on preparedness and. Um, you got to be able to prepare and uh, uh, take care of yourself and your and your loved ones. Mark, so Mark is here. There he is. Hey, Mark. <laughs> Where have you been? You got to unmute yourself. Mark's not unmuting. Mark, you have to unmute yourself. Can we send him a message, uh, Jonathan? Yes, sir. We'll get five minutes of that British accent. Uh, hi, I do apologize. I do apologize about the complete and utter chaos that has been my evening tonight. Huh. So I apologize having come back late from work and various things. Um, right, I've unmuted. Health masters sounds like a good idea. One of the big issues we have is trying to get hold of storageable food in the UK, to be honest, Rob. 
Well, I had a lot of questions for you, Mark, but we're down to about five minutes. Let me see what I what should I pick here. <laughs> I go go. I do apologize. It's just That's okay. That's title. okay. Uh, we're not going to get I'll into the news you, clip, obviously. Um, I tell you what, uh, I've suddenly realised you. Right, we've changed our clocks over here. Our clocks have gone back. Oh, that's the other issue. That's the issue. But go on. Okay. Anyway, ask me ask me a question, and I'll humbly apologise. So, what's up with Liz, your uh, former prime minister? Did she last Liz, a week? Uh, yeah, she lasted. She lasted uh, 44, 45 days. Basically, she lasted that long because she wanted to bring in low taxation. She wanted to bring in Thatcherite polishes. She wanted to go for growth, and the establishment uh, didn't didn't like that. They didn't like the way uh, Quasi, etc., uh, brought uh, brought that about. So uh, that's the reason. And of course, the uh, World Economic Forum, all the establishment, turning around and saying, "Well, Rishi Sunak is our man. Uh, we we will see. We will see." We've now got people uh, within the Conservative Party writing to the head of the 1922 committee which is um, the person that, which is the committee that actually guides the uh, Conservative Party. They're asking, they want uh, Sunak to be fired. They want him to be fired, Rob. You can't make this up at this mm. rate. I don't think they're going to get the uh, 100 letters that they need to then fire him. But that is what's going on as well. We could suddenly see our fourth prime minister. You never know. Well, maybe you should throw your hat in the ring. Well, I, I would love to, but unfortunately, uh, my face doesn't fit. Um, I'm too much of a conservative. I would want strong borders. I would want to stop the 40,000 immigrants that have come over the onto the beaches in Dover this year alone. The rumor is 1% to 2% of Albanian males' population has actually entered this country is like a private army. Uh, Serco, a big private company, have got a contract with the government, £1.9 billion, and they're filling up private hotels, private houses, costing us billions of pounds. It's ridiculous. So basically, what's got to happen, we need the US Navy in Dover turning around to the French and saying, take these boats back immediately. So our Home Office Minister, Swala, Swala Baverman, has taught the talk very strongly. He called it an invasion in Parliament. So let's just see what happens. Because, so, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, that you're having the same situation that we're having, uh, the invasion at your southern border. Uh, yes. We've had over two million um, just, yeah. just this yeah. year. Uh, yep. But you are you you are also being invaded. We kind we of are, thought that was over with the Obama years, uh, with the uh, mass migration of the the Muslims into your country. Yes, but... yes, but the but the problem is, we signed the Global Migration Compact, and people think a load of people over here don't even know what that is. But we signed that, and uh, I even have official letter somewhere in files which I've got to dig out because they make a very, very interesting book where um, I was told by uh, a minister, by a member of parliament, that the migration compact would have no effect on our country. What a load of utter BS. It's having mm. a major effect. And just to put things in context, the United Kingdom fits three and a half times into Texas. We may have a lot of countryside within a, within a sort of urban environment. We do not have the time or the space for this. We don't have it. So yeah, yeah. this is wrong. Um, yeah. I can only apologize about my timing tonight. I do apologize, Rob. I think it's partly to do with clocks going back and et cetera. So I can, yeah, I can only, it's been a bit of a mad day. So I do apologize. Well, I, I understand, but um, we, we're going to have to have you back uh, in the near future at some point here because I, I still have my list of... Now I don't have to rewrite my notes. I can just update you them know, according to what happens between now and then. You, 
absolutely you can just do that and it's an excuse for me to come back so let's do it rob thank you okay. i do apologize all right so that is it for today folks we are out of time but um uh, tune in next week we have uh, dr mike spaulding is sitting in for me for the next uh two weeks and i will be back in three weeks with uh, bradley dean as our guest and um in the meantime we have a load of information a lot of good programs that you can go back and watch um, I particularly like the one with uh, that we did recently with uh, John Oluni from the UK. Um, check that one out. Um, it's it's had over uh, with all our platforms. It's had over um, I think close to two thousand people uh, watching that one so far. So that was that was cool. So we'll see you next time, and and until then, God bless. Bye.